Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Devs. Today we'll be talking about episode six of the FX on Hulu show called Devs. And as always, uh, we have Jimmy joining us. How are you doing, Jimmy? Doing good. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, it was an interesting episode and we have a, a special guest, a surprise for everyone from uh, one of our other podcasts called All Bets Are Off. We have Micah joining us. Micah, how are you doing? Hey guys, uh, thanks uh, thanks for letting me on. I'm excited to be a part of this one, at least for one episode. Yeah, no, was, I miss uh, you guys with no sports. I feel like we should do just a quick odds and ends bit since Micah's here. Whatever he Ooh, wants to talk okay. about, he can just have like two minutes to get oh, stuff off his chest. Oh, throwing me into the fire. Uh, let me, oh man, I don't know. Okay, and that's our odds and ends. <laughs> yeah, that's that is the that was definitely odd, and it has ended. Um, I'm glad we no, did we'll uh, Micah. <laughs> we're just throwing you right in the fire on your first uh, on your guest appearance here. Um, well, well, actually, actually, wait, Scott, I got one. I got one. Um, I I've been listening to the podcast, and and that's why I want to join it. I've really been enjoying it. Um, and so for the highlight of the podcast of, of the two episodes so far to, to my wife at least was toward the end of the second one. Uh, when you for a moment thought about trying to imitate that weird chant during the credits. Oh yeah. I got very close on that. So my wife was listening to it on her own, like doing dishes or something. And she just started cracking up. And I was like, (laughs) what are you laughing at? And she was like, Oh my God, you got to get to the end where Scott does this thing where he does. (laughs) So, uh, there's my odds and end for you is that that's been the highlight of the podcast so far is when you almost highlight of of this podcast is me not doing something. That's a, (laughs) that's a good, good take on things. Maybe, maybe for the last episode at the very end, as you know, as that was the outro to that episode, I'll, I'll end our, our podcast series with my own uh, take after about uh, eight whiskeys, but um, that's, that's well, a good one. Apparently Scott, you're more afraid of not doing something than doing something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <very> good. <laughs> well done. If I could well tie it to the episode. Just wow. All right. Excellent. Well done. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is, we're doing a slightly different format this time. Uh, it's now 10, 12 PM Pacific time. Uh, on Wednesday night, which means the episode just ended about 10 minutes ago. So we're doing uh, an instant take episode, whereas usually we give it about a day to kind of ruminate on things, research theories. Uh, this 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 take is going to be just more of an instant feedback, um, you know, what, uh, what we feel about the episode. So we'll probably kind of walk through things um, and uh, it'll be a little different take. So we'll be curious to hear your guys' feedback on how you like this format, uh, if you like getting it sooner. Uh, so curious to hear what you guys think. Uh, cool. So why don't we dive right in? Uh, the episode starts out with, you know, pre-credits. You have a flashback to Forrest uh, playing with Amaya, his daughter and his wife. And, you know, just kind of a flashback to uh, happier times before the accident. Um, and right after the the opening, uh, the opening, it cuts to an interesting scene with Stuart going to his RV under one of the San Francisco freeways. Uh, and Lyndon is actually sitting in there in the RV waiting for him. Uh, I, quick thing for me. So is the implication here that Stuart lives in an RV under the freeway? Is that how what we're supposed to take this as? To me, that was like what one of those, one of the 
point of the show where it seems to be sort of like, I don't know, inside joke or like just making fun of the Bay Area. I, I, I just kind of, that part, I was like, oh, you know, some commentary on something here, like homeless slash rich people. I'm, I have no idea. Well, it's like also Lily, Lily's apartment is fairly large. And especially the area that's in, I mean, how much would you say that probably goes for in San Francisco? Yeah. And Stewart's clearly a, what, 2000 times better developer than she is since he's actually on the devs project and she can do about 15 Fibonacci sequence numbers. And that seems to be about it since she can't even crack a Sudoku app on her uh, ex's phone. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I just, I didn't really get that. Like, so Stewart's supposed to be living in an RV. Like I was also wondering, do like, do the devs, do they, like, live in that weird office at all with the Faraday cage and vacuum sealed where we don't know if, you know, the the human waste can get in and out of? Like, if he's actually commuting down from an RV in the city to the Santa Cruz uh, forest, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. No forest, no pun intended. But that was just kind of a weird scene, I guess. Like, I think people like Lyndon and Stuart, so it was good to see them, but... It was a weird one where the the point seemed to be Lyndon just ranting about how uh, how Forrest is quote not a fucking genius. He's an entrepreneur trying to resurrect his daughter. Uh, I don't know that that was kind of a weird out of place scene. Even though I like seeing Stewart and Lyndon, but I mean that is the one thing that was confirmed in that scene. That was Lyndon saying Forrest is trying to resurrect his yeah. daughter, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like the show keeps on hitting us over the head with that statement that it can't just be that he's trying to resurrect his daughter. Right. I guess like uh, you're saying it's too obvious that, I mean, clearly it's, it's been since like episode two kind of obvious that that's what he's doing, but yeah. Um, it doesn't feel very satisfying. Well, especially now, and I don't want to skip to the end, but like now that Katie's revealed that there is some big event that happens within the next X hours at the devs facility that like changes everything apparently. Yeah. Does the giant statue of Amaya come to life? I actually, I've had that exact thing down in my notes. That That's, I don't know, I'd say that's like 15% chance of happening. <laughs> that would be terrifying. But, uh, okay, so next up we have Jamie and Lily doing this kind of weird uh, escape up to Napa and then very quickly heading back down. That was. I know I'm starting off with a few kind of weird scenes, but... Um, Unfortunately, the whole episode felt like kind of a decent number of throwaway scenes, didn't it? I was, this is probably one of the uh, episodes with like the least amount that really kind of happened or mattered. I thought, I mean, I, you know, we'll get into it in a minute, but obviously the scene with Katie and Lily is uh, crucial to the show, although not sure. Um, Yeah. We'll get your guys' thoughts on it, but it seemed to confirm a lot of stuff we already knew going into that. That's what I thought. So too, it was like, I feel like we had already gotten a pretty good uh, picture of determinism. Like, did they really have to zoom in on that pen on the table for 10 seconds before Lily and Katie start talking? And then obviously talk about how uh, the many, many examples of did things happen for a reason that Lily kept throwing stupid ones out there for. I mean, they, they like, they fell into the trap of, of feeling like they need to spell everything out for everyone. Yeah, and just like explain everything that's going on, and and it's like such a an annoying thing that so many shows and they hadn't really done that to to this point, and it was unfortunate that they decided they needed to do this late in the season. Yeah, I don't know, but maybe yeah. 
that just confirms their whole view on determinism. Everything that's supposed Ooh. to happen is going to happen. But even the reveal, yeah. sorry, even the reveal that yeah. Katie says that that Lily is going to end up at Dev's was kind of alluded to in the last episode because in that in in that scene where Katie's watching the projection, you do see um, Lily kind of like laying on her on her ground. In the devs facility, devs, was, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a very brief flash, but I definitely noticed that. I didn't mention it last week, but it definitely caught my attention. I was like, "What is she doing at devs?" That's true. Yeah, I mean, I think um, you know, I guess this is by far the biggest scene of the whole episode is uh, at Forest House. Which, okay, f- a few a few things here. So, what what would you estimate Forest's net worth to be? He's definitely the CEO. There. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. for sure, billions probably tens of billions uh, like, you know, CEO or founder or whatever of one of the top tech firms. And he lives in a kind of modest ish house. I don't know where that looked like it was like Menlo park or something like that, where you could just drive on up and walk up to his door front. Like didn't Steve jobs live on some crazy compound like Bill Gates. I just actually finished watching the new documentary about him last night he like built this mega mega mansion surrounded by water. Like I thought that that was kind of weird and Forrest, obviously I think supposed to be portrayed as kind of a quirky guy, but uh, a little odd that you could just walk right up to a billionaire's house like that. I thought that was kind of weird. Um, but anyways, the, the scene starts with him in bed with someone uh, turns out to be Katie, which uh, is interesting. Um, and then, yeah, basically the the scene starts playing out where Lily and Jamie are barging in and uh, want answers, and it gets uh, moved to where Lily and Katie start having their uh, conversation. And Forrest goes outside with Jamie, which honestly I could have watched a lot more of Forrest interacting with Jamie uh, instead of Katie and Lily <laughs> smashing us over the head with all of this uh, things happening for a reason, but. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about the the Lily Katie interaction? I guess yeah. the only the only thing like that was of much interest was just sort of towards the end when she said that there's no that the future ends in twenty one hours or whatever she said, which was not clear beforehand. But it seems like she could have said that at the beginning of the conversation. Yeah, I think it will be interesting. Uh, to see how the whole 21 hours thing plays out um, that at least despite I think some of the shortcomings in this episode uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Like uh, you know, what happens is uh, you know, they talk about how Katie talks about how there's in 20 hours out in the future, things will get fuzzy and there's a uh, pure static that's impenetrable and uh, it triggers a total breakdown of determinism and the literal laws of the universe. So, you know, it seems like there's going to be some climax where Lily's at the devs facility and something's happening. Like, I don't know if she's shutting down the main uh, device that's in the middle of the room that's powering a lot of the the quantum computers. Uh, that's maybe my guess, but I guess it'll be interesting to see what that happens. But this, yeah, this episode, that scene, kind of a little blah and moving that forward. Um, First of all, how do you guys think she ends up at devs? Because she now is sort of like doubting that she'll be there, but there's got to be some good reason why she ends up there. I think 
Kenton kidnaps Jamie. That was exactly what I was going to say. I like that. And, yeah. Damn you, James. <laughs> <laughs> yep. As Are I'm you sure. Well, I was just going to say, as, as I'm sure uh, led to that uh, guess was, you know, the scene ends with Kenton lurking in his car saying like, oh, you guys are all buddies now. I should have fucking guessed. So clearly Kenton's pissed. He's, you know, based on the last episode, mostly just is concerned with avoiding prison. So I think maybe he's worried about Lily having found out, which she clearly just did, that uh, that he murdered Sergey. And now Lily kind of knows everything. So I'm sure Ken's going to be concerned about that and wanting to put a stop to it. I do have a nitpick with Kenton this episode. Okay. So I don't know if anyone noticed, but when they first, when Lily and Jamie first arrived to Forrest's house, if you look at the street, Kenton is parked on the right side of the street, mm-hmm. facing the wrong way. Facing and it was the, the first, yeah, it was the first thing I noticed. And I didn't think immediately it was Kenton. And my first thought was like, oh, we're like dealing with like a simulation and the simulation got something wrong. Um, but it is something that I noticed from the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I think, yeah. No, go ahead, Micah. I was just going to say that I had the same idea about uh, kidnapping Jamie as the only thing that could possibly get her to go to devs. I couldn't think of anything else. What do you think, Scott? No, I think that's it. Because, you know, Forrest talked about... Um, when he was sitting on the porch with Jamie about how like, Oh, it's amazing. Uh, where love will take you the lengths to which you'll go for love. Um, so it does seem like, you know, Jamie, that Jamie's basically his love for Lily is going to be exploited, uh, somehow. And what do you think? What do you think James Forrest meant when he said everything is going to work out? Yeah. That's the next thing I was going to bring up. Exactly. Like, I don't know. It does not seem like, like there can't just be like an easy, happy ending. Right. And maybe, maybe everything's going to work out for Forrest when he said that. I mean, obviously the contextually he should have been saying it worked out for Jamie, but I just, I feel like there can't be, I don't know, maybe there can't be a happy ending for Lily and Jamie, but maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, and then you have the kind of creepy scene with Forrest and Katie back in, back in bed, uh, with Forrest talking about how much he likes Jamie, how he stands by Lily and Katie talks about how much she likes Lily, how she's smart. She's quote strong as fuck. She's more afraid of not doing something than doing something. Um, there's a whole lot of truth in her blah, blah, blah. Um, although Forrest then kind of calls her out about how she Lily couldn't even see that Sergey was a Russian spy. Uh, if she's all that smart, how did she not notice that? Which I thought was a pretty good comeback. And then a really cheesy line where Forrest asks, so do we like them? And Katie says, I'm in like with you. That, that was, that was a bit odd, but. Um, well, I guess like, so, so my question would be like, who, who are we even rooting for? Like the, there isn't really a, a hero. I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm just more irritated by, by her acting ability, but I don't really find myself rooting for Lily. Yeah, no, I, I had down that, like, one of my notes is, has a protagonist ever done as little as Lily has two-thirds of a way through a TV season or someone, or, or had a protagonist that we've rooted for as little as her? Like, Well, what's Lily's goal now, right? Because she got what she wanted to accomplish. She found out yeah. why Sergey died. Like, and she, she got the confession. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, and she realized that she didn't even know him, so now she's, like, yeah. kind of out on Sergey. So what's the point? She's back in on Jamie. 
Yeah, I guess maybe she, I mean, maybe she, like, in finding out that Sergei was a spy and murdered and all that, like, she realized maybe the love wasn't true for him. So now Jamie is her true love, potentially. You know, he was still invested in her even after she spurned him. But I don't know, the whole scene where at the end where Lily's trying to get him to come to bed, like, I, w- I was rooting against Jamie doing that. Uh, I think you can do better. I was definitely screaming at my TV screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, James, you usually know things like this. So as far as I know, there's it's eight, eight episodes and then done, right? There's no second season? Yeah, this is supposed to be a self-contained story. Okay, so then that... Because one, one possibility was that if they were in discussions around extending to a second season, that they might be sort of leaving this open that the ending might not be totally firmed up yet but i guess it sounds like that there's only way that's going to go um no the creator in interviews has stated that this is just the one season arc so i mean if you take him for his word then yeah this will have a conclusion of some sort it seems to me like the most the least satisfying way that this ends is like forrest dying and lily and jamie somehow like riding off into the sunset that to me feels both incredibly unrealistic and also just like deeply unsatisfying. That would be not super satisfying. I agree. I feel like, I think Kenton, Kenton has to get some comeuppance, right? Like karmically, I'm guessing maybe Jamie has to kill him. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, that would like, am I, do I really care if Lily and Jamie get together? Like not really. Um, Who do we like better as a couple? Lily and Jamie or Forrest and Katie? I mean, kind of Forrest and Katie, I think. At least they're kind of interesting, okay. even though they have I mean, weird, they're a lot creepy, more interesting. Like, swingery conversations. Whose facial hair do you like better? Forrest or Jamie? Hmm. Hmm. Both have strong facial hair game, I would say. I just don't want see I don't want to see Jamie succeed in anything for whatever reason. <laughs> I just I can't I can't deal with characters like that that are just like falling at every word. Of another character, so oh, you know just, he's kind of like wanna... uh, going back to remember Will Tippin. Yes, from Alias. Yes, that character is a reason that to this day I cannot stand anything that Bradley Cooper is in because I just still <laughs> see that Will Tippin character in him, and it just frustrates me so much. And he got with Jennifer Garner in the show, which once again just made me so angry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they like having that guy end up with the girl at the end because I feel like people people identify with him and then they're happy to see that happen. But, yeah. Um, it's in, I feel like we're our conversation is sort of going the way the episode went. It's like, where what's lots of sort of individual kind of random points on things with meander. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so what actually happens here? I don't know. That was t- that that episode was really. Um, I have a few minor, few minor San you, Francisco hits to pick real quick. Go ahead. Yeah, I was actually going to throw some things about the some of the San Francisco footage too. But go ahead, Scott. Yeah. So first of all, uh, presumably Forrest clearly lives somewhere down on the peninsula, uh, just based on since I've lived down there before and could kind of tell neighborhood wise what it looked like and his startups down there. So somehow. Jamie and Lily on their way back to the mission were driving through the Broadway tunnel, uh, which makes absolutely zero sense uh, geographically since the Broadway tunnels on the kind of northeastern quadrant of the city and the missions more on the south side. That was kind of weird. 
but also when Jamie and Lily pull up before they have their encounter with Pete, which we can discuss if that has any significance or not, they pull into like a three parking spot slot right in front of her apartment, which if you live in the mission, like I do, uh, that just does not occur. You know, usually you're circling for about 10 minutes and you find a spot two and a half blocks from your apartment. And you have to walk. There's not just three or four spots right open in front of your apartment. So anyways, just a few couple nits from someone who lives about four blocks from, from Lily's apartment. I legit think we're watching just the projection and the projection is not filling in all the details right of this Ooh. world. I think, okay. yeah, James, like I think that's the only way that there's some kind of satisfying end is if, is if it's something like that, where like this is one of the projections that, that someone's watching that uh, using whatever the Everett model, like multiverse, whatever, and that things are changed, like they're, they're watching different versions of this play out. Uh, oh. and, and that somehow, you know, somehow in the end we see what actually happens, but like we, for a while now, we've been seeing like bits and pieces of different ways it might happen. Well, so this actually goes into the theory I have about the static that happens in when, when does it happen in 16 hours? 21 hours. 21 hours. Okay. So, I mean, earlier in episode, I don't know, three or four, Lyndon talks about how he eliminated the many world or he involved the many worlds theory and was able to filter out that audio. So what I think happens in 21 hours is the exact opposite. All the various worlds now converge into one. And so everything now beyond that point happens exactly the same. And that's why in the projection, it's all static. I could take that. So many worlds now becomes one world. So you go from the Everett... Everett to uh, the Everett interpretation to more deterministic approach that Forrest yeah. favors. Yeah, I think. And then the statue comes alive. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be some sort of <laughs> mega twist? Like some sort of, yeah, we're not like, like maybe Forrest's wife or Amaya is watching some sort of simulation of a different universe where, you know, uh, they die or something like that. So like Amaya is the head of a tech company called Forest and is watching. <laughs> yeah. Like basically, yeah. Do you think there's going to be some sort of like, holy shit type twist or is it going to be more of a like, ah, okay. Or yeah. Like how, man, I hope how, there's a holy shit twist. Well, we have two episodes left and I would assume within the next episode, they get to whatever happens in the next 21 hours. Cause if they don't, I don't know what else is going to happen. Well, I, so what do they have to close up? So they have to, they have to kind of address the whole Amaya thing. Like we have to understand once and for all exactly what they're trying to do, what force is trying to do with Amaya. That's one. They have to address the whole, like, you know, Lily, Jamie plot. Like, do they bring this thing down? Do they become part of it? Like what exactly happens there? Does they Lily have die. Does Lily die? They have to address, the Lyndon Stewart thing, do they somehow come back into the fold to help stop the crazy, you know, crazy force or something like that? They have to address what's going on probably between Forrest and Katie because they're that feels like it's a little bit unresolved. They have to address how you get the shit out of the out of the box if there's yeah. no way of or that's that they better they better solve that problem. <laughs> I mean, Stuart's a big guy. Like, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, Lyndon, you don't really have to worry about uh, when she goes, but Stuart. Mm. Um, but no, I think I could see there's definitely going to be some convergence at the devs uh, where 
Stuart and Lyndon are going to be coming in, probably have to save the day. Uh, I'm guessing they're going to have to stop Forrest from doing some sort of mad scientist thing. Uh, and then, yeah, my guess is maybe episode seven, next one, the penultimate one, like ends right right before the, the 21st hour from now. Um, and they're all kind of converging at the at the headquarters. But we'll see. Who do you guys think ends up dead versus living through the last episode? Uh, Kenton dead. Probably Stuart dead. Mm. Um, I could honestly, Kate, one of Katie or Forrest is dead, I think. I don't think both of them live. I think Lyndon dies still based off the uh, projection of what they thought was Lily dying from earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are kind of similar looking in haircut. And so I'm getting the feeling that Forrest is going to try and, what do they say, shift the, they're like the tram tracks or something. I forget what the, the yeah, tram, tracks. tram tracks. Tram lines. Tram lines. Thank you. I feel like it's going to be a mad scientist scene where Forrest is shifting the tram lines into a world where Amaya and or his Never wife died. Are Never died, yeah. exactly. And then, you know, Stuart and Lyndon are going to be going in trying to stop that. And then Lily and Jamie are flailing around doing who cares what, trying to potentially save the day. Um, but that's what I'm thinking happens. So that's interesting. So what could what the noise could be, instead of all worlds coming together, James, it could be Forrest bringing two worlds together, where there's just like another world where they didn't die, bringing into the world where they did die. Yeah. And just merging those and that like, you know, causes a rip in the space time continuum. And we saw last episode that that world does exist. There is one scenario in which the car arrives. Well, there are a lot. I mean, yeah. my take on that scene was that it was only one scenario where they died, that all the rest of them were just minor accidents or they missed each other. Maybe yeah, that's how I took it too. No, that's how I took it. Like maybe, yeah, some they got kind of hurt, but most of the crashes were they at least lived. Um, that scene was I know I missed you guys recapping that I thought that scene was awesome that like in, in terms of the whole I mean, it was sad it was super gut-wrenching but the way it was shot was I thought it was incredible yeah it was definitely I do want to mention I, we haven't talked about this yet but Nick Offerman has been doing an incredible job in this role um, I know he's generally seen as a comedic actor um, and I didn't really watch him in Parks and Rec but he has been killing this forest role, in my opinion, um, out of any other character on this show. I don't know. Pete, Pete's also been nailing his role pretty good as someone who, uh, who has a lot of experience with folks. Uh, Pete, Pete nails the homeless guy pretty well, I think, but no, I, I think Forrest uh, slash really Nick Offerman uh, is awesome. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Micah question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to ask, every guess this so if you could use the devs machine where you see katie uh looking back in the past and into the future uh what event either in the past or future would you choose to to look at yeah i heard you guys talk about this last episode and i I thought about it for a couple minutes and then i think i got sidetracked i'm trying to think of what i what i ended up thinking about um do you want me to go and give you a, buy you a minute while you think? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. If I could go back in history, it would be about 20 years and I would go back to Tampa, Florida 
and I would zoom in on the GPS coordinates of uh, Carol Baskin's uh, <laughs> big cat uh, refuge, and I would watch her feeding her ex-husband <laughs> to the tigers. And I would use that to free uh, Joe Maldonado, uh, Joe Exotic, Joe Maldonado Passage, what, and he has like seven last names now, uh, to free him from jail uh, as he has wrongfully, uh, wrongfully been, been jailed. So if anyone hasn't watched Tiger King yet on Netflix, I highly recommend that as uh, none of those references will make any sense to you. But once you do, you'll see uh, how evil Carol Baskin is. Um, and she's pretty litigious. So hopefully this podcast won't be uh, taken down shortly after posting. But uh, anyways, Micah bought you some time. What would you go back and look at? Yeah, there's no way I can outdo that. Uh, by the way, there's no one who hasn't watched Tiger King. Everyone yeah, in the world has watched Tiger King, I think. Um, I mean, I think I'd, there, like I don't know. I'd have to give it a little bit more thought, but like, I'd be curious to go back to to like different events that have like sh- completely shaped what the world became, and people don't really know exactly what happened. Um, so like, yeah, I'd be interested to go back and see what happened with Jesus, for example. Like to really understand what happened in that whole scene, because so many different branches and sects and um, you know, have split off based on what they interpret or what they believe happened when all that went down. Like, I think that those giant turning points where like, there's just no real record of, of what exactly happened would be super interesting. Uh, I mean, there, there are a bunch of them. I mean, it'd be, it'd be cool to go back and see like the end of Caesar. It'd be cool to go back and see, like when someone tried to kill Hitler, that whole like story to see how close they actually got. I don't know. Something like that. But I have to give it a little bit more thought. So so a lot of murder porn I'm hearing. You want to see Caesar yeah, yeah, die? Yeah, exactly. We'll go, we'll go back and see, see people die. die. You want to see Hitler <laughs> die, which that's understandable. Um, okay, cool. Well, uh, that those are good answers. Um, so I think uh, at this point, we actually had a listener send in an email, which... Uh, Again, if you guys have any, you can send it into talkingdevs at gmail.com. Um, but here is the email we got from Sydney. Uh, she says, hey, guys, I'm enjoying the pod. Thanks for making it. I laughed out loud at the Fibonacci number rating of the first episode. I like it. Thank you, Sydney. Uh, my question is, do you think Forrest knew Sergey was going to steal the code? It seems like he could have easily known and prevented all of that from even happening and being so tortured by it later. Or is he really not looking into the future? You sort of touched on this when you talked about why Sergey was so distraught when he saw the, saw the code. But any thoughts? Great question, Sydney. Um, yeah, I think that this one is interesting. I I do think that Forrest knew Sergey was going to steal the code. My take on and and you pointed out that he, given that he known he could have prevented it. My take on that is that he, you know, in the kind of deterministic view that he has of the universe and wanting to, to lead toward this climax that we have 24 hour, 21 hours from the end of season six, where I think he thinks something good is going to happen with, with regards to his daughter, potentially. Uh, I think he just thought this is what has to happen, uh, given the, 
the deterministic nature of the universe and his outlook on it. So he kind of played, he went along with it and let Sergey steal the code. But then shortly thereafter, Kent killed him. But uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, I I think that he definitely knew. Um, and I think that it was all just part of whatever is building up for the end of the season. That like in order for everything to come together in the way that he wanted that this all this stuff had to happen in this in this order but um yeah it's it it seems like especially because he met him right outside right after it all went down that 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 was just all part of the plan i don't know james yeah i think he might have used it as a final test or confirmation to confirm that the devs project can actually predict the future right and so when he did see sergey sergey copy the code um that validated everything he had been doing up to that point and he was like all right well that's that's the answer i needed and i'm gonna take appropriate action now cool no i like it well sydney thank you for the email we appreciate him keep them keep them coming hey scott i uh i've thought of a couple odds and ends i know i was supposed to do this at the beginning of the pod <laughs> but can can we do it at the end of the pod now all right just come out let's hear it all right really quick um first one uh, I appreciated the fact that they made fun of Frisbee as a sport. Uh, I feel like we've been doing that for like 20 years, and that was sort of maybe an inside Bay Area joke, but I definitely Dig. enjoyed yep. that. Wait, last thing I want to throw out. Uh, we didn't talk about the scene, but remember uh, kind of toward the beginning where Katie has the that kind of weird dried-out rat with like oh, yeah. dried-up cheese or bread and then all of a sudden you see footage of it or simulation of the rat alive. Like, is that maybe a little foreshadowing to somehow they bring Amaya back to life potentially? Micah, what are the odds that we see an alive Amaya by the end of the episode, by the end of the season? Uh, I don't know, like 10, 15%. I don't think we get that far, but I don't know. So not, not it's there. It's, Seems like a possibility, but I'm not saying I don't think it would be high. Great. Very uh very strong, strong guess on your part. All right, James, what are the odds that uh Jimmy, what are the odds that Jamie and Lily end up hooking up for sure? Like confirmed hookup, since at the end of this episode is kind of unclear. I mean, we did see them kiss in this episode. It was in a very quick cutscene. I don't know if you were paying attention near the end, but they did show them um, in bed kissing. So I lost whatever bet I made Yeah, in our first pod. Yeah, I got um, that one. I honestly don't see the two of, one, of, one of the two of them lasting the entire series. So I'm going to say Jamie bites the dust now within the next two episodes. Oh, you think Jamie dies before the end? I can yeah. see that. James. Yes. What are the odds that Scott could actually memorize the first 30 to 40 Fibonacci numbers. You want to see how many he can list off right now? I want to make a bet. Scott. Wait, okay, Micah, how much will you pay me if I memorize the first 30 Fibonacci sequence? A hundred bucks. A hundred dollars. Okay. Like right, right now? Bucks. Oh, I can't do it right now. How, do I, how about I have till the end of the season? You have as much time as you want. Oh, really? Okay. I do. Uh, I this don't, is going to be... There's no I wouldn't way. say this is the easiest hundred dollars I've made, but uh, it is for sure going to happen. Uh, How many can you do right now? I'm just curious. Let's let's set a baseline. 
Uh, okay. Zero, one, two, three, five. No, you already screwed up. <laughs> you already screwed oh, up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how, where did I screw up? You start two with zero. Ones. It's one, one, two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shit. One, one, two. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I'm still getting that hundred. Right, give, give it another shot. <laughs> All right, one, 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 two, three, five, eight, thirteen, twenty-one, thirty-four. Ah, oh, shit, fifty-five. Uh, then I'm uh, eighty. I'm stopping now before I embarrass myself. It's like I gotta gotta pull the cord like before the oming at the end of at the end of the last pod. All right, so you got you got eleven. So that's not 11? bad. Eleven, just okay. off the top of your head. Oof. Micah, get and, ready. And get that hundred bucks ready. Thirty. I don't see it. What's happening? I'll have to. You gotta do it without to... without messing up. No slip ups. It's gonna okay. be like boom, boom, boom. You want to know What's what happening? the thirtieth Fibonacci number is? I'm gonna I'm gonna guess seven hundred thousand seven four three two one six. Oh, all right, Micah, do you want to guess thirtieth Fibonacci number? What's the thirtieth Fibonacci number? Uh, I'm going to say it's somewhere in the, I don't know, somewhere close, like between 10 and 12,000, 10,742. Scott came pretty close. 832,040. Oh, whoops. I definitely needed another digit in there. (laughs) Get scared, Micah. The hundred bucks coming my way. 832,040. Okay. So you have to 30, 30 numbers where like, multiple numbers towards the end have six digits no way scott all right okay cool 100 bucks it's happening happening live on this podcast well awesome. i'll be excited to hear it yes yeah. i'm making money making money i did want to point out i don't know if this has been noticed earlier but in this particular episode when the devs logo showed up at the very beginning i noticed that the d is pretty much a mirror image of the A in Amaya down to that little dot that's in the lower left or right hand corner, depending on whether it's a D or an A. Hmm. Um, and when I saw that initially, I was like, okay, this, this may be like support for a mirror universe theory, right? And then when I saw the car pointing in the wrong way on the street, I was like, oh, this is more evidence. Oh. Um, and then I also thought that when Katie was talking to Lily, like the positioning of her shirt kept switching. So I like the whole, the whole episode, I was like, oh, this is, this is building up to something, but nope, turns out I'm wrong. Oh, or okay. anything like I that. thought that was building up to be something <laughs> cool. A lot of build up, no payoff. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, cool. Well, I do think I have a feeling that uh, some fun stuff's going to be in store for the last two episodes. This was maybe just some setup here, but, um, but yeah, well, uh, Jimmy, thank you as always. Micah, thank you. Uh, love having guests on. We appreciate you joining. Um, yeah, it was fun. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Great. and we'll uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll be getting this posted soon, so you'll have a pretty instant take on episode six. And uh, yeah, tune in next week. Mm-hmm.